0: hey folks it's joey uh we've got a special guest with us today adam gagola from blind adam in the federal league he's on to talk to us about that and his new project the people's pizza party we're going to start off with uh, a song from blind adam in the federal league called drier ground followed by our interview with adam
1: hey can you hear me now yeah we can hear you hey oh, yeah i hate the street <laughs> that's well it's nice to see you even though i don't like using these things
0: yeah no well it's uh kind of all we got right now so
1: oh yeah absolutely and you're what uh halfway around the world
0: yeah you could say that i guess halfway <laughs> seven thousand miles yeah yeah
1: only if you're Cam. Damn.
0: yeah well, I think it's more like
1: 6,900, so. Yeah, probably 6,969, yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was good, good seeing you, uh, Adam. How you, yeah, how good you, to see you, man. Yeah, today, I guess I'm just going to go straight into it, if that's cool with you, Adam. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, you got to do it in front of, is that a Cubs fucking poster in the back? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm just kidding. Read it. <laughs> oh no oh that is actually pretty cool
1: yeah a friend of mine a friend of mine made those and put them up all over wrigley
0: nice nice maybe the ricketts family maybe the ricketts family will take notice yeah
1: (laughs) yeah whatever fuck them
0: (laughs) anti-fascist baseball posters we're in full i'm not you know the ricketts suck ass but uh, um I wouldn't be surprised if, like, almost every sports team owner is bad. They're all fucking billionaires. Yeah, they're all Oh, yeah, they're all horrible. It's just that the Cubs have
1: a uh, a member of their board of directors that also happens to be the fundraising chair for the Trump re-election campaign. Right, yeah. That's that's exceptionally bad. Yeah,
0: definitely. (laughs) They are
1: exceptionally bad. They, They had
0: one of them on, like, the transition team, too, I think, for, like, a minute. Same uh, guy. When you
1: first gotta luck it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Pete well Pete Ricketts. Pete Ricketts is the governor of uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. He's, a, he's a total piece of shit. He is not on the board of directors for the Cubs, but he's still one of their siblings. Right. You know, and the old man Joe is a union busting uh, like venture capitalist, so fuck him too. Yep,
0: fuck them all. <laughs> well uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're joined today by uh, Adam our friend from a uh, university and we all went to ISU together. Um, I played in a short-lived band with Adam called Endless Mike. Um, and we're just here to kind of catch up with Adam, but also talk about some of the new things that he has going on. He's some pretty exciting things, uh, some mutual aid that he's doing. And so we just wanted to kind of uh, touch base with him and hopefully uh, get the word out. Yeah. Uh but before we do, let's uh let's just catch up, Adam. What what else is new with you? Hey, so uh uh never mind. I was just I was just thinking <laughs> of a sh- I was just thinking of a show at Das Funhouse and that Manif- Manifest Destiny song. Um, yeah,
1: we actually my current band actually re-recorded a new version of that with an updated verse about standing rock uh when we recorded our first album and we just released it as a single. like on its own maybe about six months after that record came out it's on it's on the internet you can still find it
0: we will link to the band camp uh, i listened to that after we decided that we were gonna like kind of hook up and i was like oh that's cool that's really yeah cool. i
1: thought it thought it was appropriate to re-record that song and write a new verse yeah for um, sure but but uh yeah i don't know as far as uh what, what I've been up to generally, is that what you asked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's just been um, trying to make the best out of living through a fucking nightmare, I guess. Uh, you know, this, this, year, um, this year started with us planning uh, a record coming out in June. We were supposed to, um, we recorded with Chris number two from Anti-Flag last fall uh he wow. we went out there for two days or for three days in august for pre-production and then we came back out in uh, october and did like a full week in the studio with him i'll send you the dropbox files for the record when we're done but nice. uh yeah that was really this was cool. going to be like the the busiest year that i ever had with music um we were gonna riot fest was uh we had we had a few dates on hold um we had holds on a few dates at Cobra Lounge. Riot Fest was going to do our record release show. We were planning on touring like, you know, maybe 10 to ten to 15 days on the East Coast in July and then the same thing on the West Coast in August. And, uh, and then we were probably going – we weren't for sure going to play Riot Fest, but they kind of told us, like, let's just worry about the record release show and then see what happens after that. And then uh, we were supposed to play Fest down in Gainesville. And um obviously none of that happened uh for the first nine weeks to the pandemic we like after the shutdown we did a weekly live stream we partnered with um mystery street recording studio here in chicago and we had a bunch of really cool guests on different chicago musicians and people all over the country and some some friends of mine that play in more well-known bands also uh contributed sets to these and we raised over $3,000 for the night ministry when we did that, which is an organization in Chicago that um, provides healthcare and housing to people experiencing homelessness and extreme poverty. Uh, they have, awesome. speci- yeah, they're really great. Uh, we've worked with them a few times. We actually did a show with anti-flag at Reggie's right before the holidays. And yeah, it was cool. A dollar from every ticket went to them. And then they also spoke on stage and had a table set up and, uh and then we'd raise some money for uh we did, that was the first 3 weeks of it and then the second 3 weeks um we did uh an organization called Indie Lab out in Virginia that was making um respirators and PPE and uh rapid um rapid results covid tests uh back at the very beginning and they were distributing it to uh like low income health clinics and uh all that kind of you know, try, just trying to do what we could to support people that were doing the frontline work. And then we did uh, a few episodes for an organization in Chicago called Brave Space Alliance. And Brave Space Alliance is like a black and uh, queer led organization on the south side. Um, they, they're an abolitionist organization. They provided a lot of mutual aid and uh, all kinds of like they provide a myriad of services to people that need them. Um, mostly on the South side is where they started in Hyde park, but now they have a few different partnering pantries that they serve food out on the North side and on the West side. And, um, since we had worked with them for the live stream, uh, we worked with them for the live stream thing, the series that we did in the spring and then they posted that they needed a bunch of supplies. Um, so we had, uh, we had the reach to just ask people to raise money for supplies. We went on a supply run. A buddy of mine works at Costco, and he helped us out with that. And, we kinda, and then a friend of mine manages Dante's Tavern in Humboldt Park, and he asked how he could help. So that's how this weekly pizza party thing came about. And now we've been doing this for over three months.
0: That's the people's, people's. pizza party, right?
1: Yeah, yep yeah that kind of happened by accident sort of it was just like you know we're trying to we burned ourselves out with the live stream thing it was fun at first but i did a few for the label for af records and we did a few for other people plus we were doing ours every week and it's like i don't know i don't know if you've done it at all but i don't like sitting in front of a fucking phone or a tablet playing the acoustic guitar in an empty room Uh, i did Go
0: ahead. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say I did it once uh with uh my wife. And so we're like a three-piece, my new band Eyelash, and we have like a drum machine and she plays synth, and I play bass, and we did it without our guitarist, which was interesting. We had to change things yeah. around a little bit, but um I I feel weird like because I'm still trying to bring some of that same energy to our live show, but it's I'm you know, there's no one there.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not the same it's
0: it's it's pretty awkward so
1: like I'm glad we have the technology to do it just the same as i you know I'm glad that I can hold my phone in front of my face and see you and talk to you now, but it's yeah. i don't know it's it's we've been playing uh you know we we've all been playing shows in front of people and with our friends for most of our lives at this point and uh to not have that is a weird thing it's,
0: definitely I, you know
1: <laughs> um yeah, but yeah, and then for me personally, I'm I'm fine. I still have my job, and um, i you know for the time being, I'm mostly fine.
0: You're you're uh, I, I don't you don't mind if I talk about it, but you're a homeowner now, right?
1: I yes, I was lucky enough to be able to buy a house. Uh, I basically um, my ex and I. Uh, had been living together and we broke up like right at the beginning of this, and it's totally amicable, we're still good friends. But uh, I didn't really want to stay in the apartment if she was going to leave, and if I was going to leave, I didn't really want to rent somewhere else. And we just kind of talked about it, and we're like, you know, let's stick it out together and have each other's back through this. Uh, you know, and we thought at the time it was maybe going to be a month or two, and you know, like.
2: Let's have each other's sure.
1: back through this, and we'll get through it together, and then we'll figure out what to do with the apartment if someone wants to keep it or someone's going to go, or whatever. But then we just ended up writing out the whole lease together. It ended at the end of August. and um, I, Because mm-hmm. the economy fucking crashed because of the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. the interest rates are extremely low, and I've I've considered it for a while because I, I have an okay job, and um, I'm fortunate in that. And, uh, I don't plan on leaving Chicago, at least not in the foreseeable future. Mm. Um, so I figured I'd look into it because I know all my friends that do own their homes have made it pretty clear that their mortgage payment is about the same as, if not a little bit less than the average price of rent.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to deal with the landlord, which is the worst.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I started looking at condos and I realized pretty quickly that that would be a bad idea. And I bought a house now <laughs> and I, um, it's crazy. I'm in like the Southwest, uh, corner of the Humboldt park neighborhood kind of, uh, nice. and all my neighbors are super rad. Um, everyone's been super welcoming and, uh, it's a pretty established, like pretty predominantly, uh, like Puerto Rican and black neighborhood. And, uh, there hasn't been a single second on this block where anyone has made me feel anything other than completely welcome and part of the community. I got like five phone numbers of my neighbors in the first weekend I was here and in the 10 years. Yeah, it is. It's wild. Like it's not
0: like the suburbs.
1: Yeah. right. Right. And like, just rent, even like renting in Logan square. I love Logan square. I still have a lot of friends that live there, but I would like say hello to my neighbors and everyone's cordial, but, it wasn't like a like a network and a community that I felt like um like I actually really knew anybody except for my established friendships, really
0: right. It's like everyone's just kind of interested in doing their own thing, which is cool, but I don't know it's nice to have a sense of community,
1: yeah, it really yeah. is, especially now, yeah, yeah. I've been
0: thinking a lot about that too lately because I have dogs and literally like every time I start a new lease, it's like, Oh yeah, it's like a thousand dollars, you know, and then like 50 bucks a month. So just like a loan because of my dog payments on rent, it's just, I should definitely buy something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I, I think <laughs> if, you, if you can, you should because I am not a capitalist and I believe that this entire system needs to be fucking, Uh, torn down and we need to rebuild something new but because we are currently living in it if you have the ability if you have the ability and you don't think you're going to move like if you don't want the freedom of being able to make a decision every year whether you want to stay or go like you might as well instead of paying a landlord just pay the fucking bank and then eventually yeah i mean personal
0: property is a little different than i wouldn't feel like a greedy like sell out capitalists if i had my own you
1: know little space no and i mean ideally you know i used i was able to use a down payment assistance grant from the state of illinois and also uh i got an fha loan so i didn't really have any of my own money saved i was not planning on buying a house this year and if we do experience excuse me that was kind of gross um <laughs> it's <I'd, all> good. <laughs> I, I ate right before this <laughs> it's all good um, uh, if we do experience a full collapse, then I just won't have to pay my mortgage anymore. And I got a free house. Basically.
0: <laughs> it's a great black backup plan. I you just
1: know? stole a, stole a house from the bank and some other, <sighs> some other person that owned it before it got the money from the banks, you know, a little <laughs> Robin hood scenario, I guess.
0: <laughs> it is funny though. Like how we have like, nobody has like any clue exactly where the economy is going to, you know, roll next. Like I I think it's been like uh pretty much proven that everyone that you know, spouts like Mil- Milton Friedman economics or like has taken economics 101 that pretends to be an expert on the economy um has been proven wrong like time and time again like over the last year alone just like how much money we've printed and all of that and uh, hasn't really had an effect on inflation and then I don't really know where I'm going with that, but you know what I mean? Like the, the stock market well, would be destroyed if it wasn't for the trillions that we've pumped into it already. Like the market would have already uh, collapsed.
1: Right. And that's why, I mean, that's clear enough evidence to me that the whole thing is bullshit. It's all like a house of cards. And if they say like, let the market decide, well, yeah, let the market
0: decide Well, we pump, like trillions and trillions of dollars into, you know, certain areas of the market.
1: and and then Uh, completely neglect people (laughs) right and then and then yeah and
0: use that argument against them you know when it comes to actually helping people that's when the deficit comes into play that we pretty much you know know now is
1: not a real thing i just got um i just i heard about this book on a another podcast i was listening to It's uh, just majority report the sam cedar podcast it's okay um but hey, this I like book called I like, enjoy report a lot for futures. Uh, it's a dude from Jacobin magazine. And I've, I've been listening to the audio version because I can't see, but uh, they sent me this when I bought the audio book and it's really, it's like a quick, the audio version is only about three and a half hours long. And it's just four different scenarios. The subtitle is um, like life after capitalism or something. And I mean, I really don't think there's any reason to listen to any kind of capitalist economists right now at all. They, the people that are like the, the political moderates in this country, whether they're like uh, liberal or conservative or whatever, the people that are like shocked about what's going on right now, the non-Trump people that are like like the Lincoln Project and all these other. Right, Ever uh, Tr- never that, Trumpers. The never Trumpers that are also like, they, they think that we can like go back to normal. It's go like, back to Bush,
0: yeah. We'll go back yeah, to like, normal. What, what,
1: whatever. <laughs> but, like, what the fuck does that even mean? Because what? Like, Basically
0: the same thing, just a little.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I guess I just I, I think we're at, we're past the point of no return with that. Like, there's no going back to normal now. We're either going to come out of this with something better, or we're going to descend into a full-on fucking authoritarian fascist state where we're just fighting morons in the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like,
0: Socialism or barbarism is sounding a lot
1: more accurate as the time goes on. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, and even just like, like at the beginning, uh, this time in twenty sixteen, I was way more worried about what the Cubs were going to do in the playoffs than the presidential election <laughs> because I was, I mean. I, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in the primaries and I didn't think he was going to be a savior, but I thought he would be the best option and that he got fucked over and I was going to vote for Hillary, but I wasn't really excited about it. I was like, whatever.
0: Yeah. And you're least, in Illinois too. So it's
1: like, and I think every fucking of, yeah. vote matters at this point and that he needs to lose. I think no matter what anybody thinks about what, whatever their own academic ideological political philosophy is, Donald Trump needs to lose in a fucking landslide. Otherwise, that's true, so that's yeah, I agree. That's like if if he doesn't, that's just we're just our, our worlds are gonna get a lot smaller. I'm gonna be like working with these mutual aid organizations to uh you know make sure that our communities are okay and we're not really gonna be able to worry about anything else at all.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, what else can you really do right now? That's really why we wanted to have you on mainly it was because um at this point like i can't think of anything like more important than um you know maybe starting your own thing like mutual aid working on mutual aid projects and then you know until the election what what other really big organizing can you do other than like yeah uh vote for biden but
1: yeah we need to build
0: <laughs> we need to build something after that and obviously a lot of the same problems are going to exist no matter what, but uh, I can't, yeah, we can't think of anything more important right now. Than, yeah. You know, to me, the election
1: the is days. just a difference between, yeah, absolutely. Like in my mind, what we can do with the election is try to put more water than gasoline on the fire. and right. And that's it. And that's fine. Because even if, if Biden wins and Trump leaves office and the, The Democrats take the Senate then maybe we have a chance to actually work on these big like large-scale problems but even if that's the case like there's gonna be a ton of work to do to build and sustain community because even if we have the most progressive agenda in American history on a a national scale it's not gonna matter climate change is already we're in it now like
0: right it's not gonna be enough
1: we can mitigate it maybe, but we need to figure out how to sustain ourselves. Like people need to, one of the reasons I wanted to get a house if I could was to like, like I'm already uh, a friend of mine that plays drums in another Chicago band called blood people. Um, He got laid off when the pandemic started. He just got a new job working for a solar company. And he heard that I got this house and he's like, Hey man, let me see if I can help you if you want to convert the house to solar. So it's going to be cheaper to, it's going to be cheaper to install a very expensive solar system, uh, solar power system on my house than it would be for me just to pay the fucking electric bill every month. That's insane.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And the fact that there's no like real like nationally led agenda to help people convert uh, their, home, their homes to solar panels is kind of just stupid at this point. Right. We, it's, part of the, it's part of the Green well, New the, Deal. But, no, like, I know, I know, well, but like, there's no one, no yeah, one there's, but the Green New Deal is still yeah. not. Yeah, like that, that's, that's the thing with like Biden, um, presidency, and like, I mean, even if they take the, the Senate, right, like, we've proven the people who are in power in the Democratic Party aren't taking the necessary steps and are pretty much, a lot of them are just saying, yeah, we're going to go back to normal, nothing fundamentally will change, we're going to expand on the ACA, uh, we're going to have a better climate deal uh, than which there, that actually Trump. is probably one of the main differences between them. Oh yeah, at the same time, but obviously, but it doesn't, it doesn't go far go. enough. And there's a, right. there is a more a lot more Democrats, um, like in the Democratic Party that you know the left the left movement like in the Democratic Party is basically like five years old. You know, like Bernie Bernie's yeah, first campaign. Really- and then we got, you know, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and we got Ro Khanna, We got some um, people coming in like Cory Bush, Bush is like, right. that, yeah, like the, the greatest, like, and
1: um, I don't know, when I'm really, three-
0: really excited about like that. And I think that's important to keep in mind for like a lot of cynical, like leftist types that, you know, think that there's no hope in the Democratic Party when it is like, at the end of the day, I mean, how 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 many times do you want to like try uh, to get five percent in the Green Party in like hopes of it's a waste. building up the Green Party? It's a, it's just a waste of energy and waste waste of I, yeah, resources I, at absolutely. this point. Like focus on uh, like Jabari Brisport. He's like a great he uh, so that he's in the New York uh, the New York like uh, House of Reps. And he's in, he's in DSA and he was a candidate in 2017 as well. And back then he ran as a green, he was a DSA backed, uh, green party candidate, uh, like very, like very socialist, very like animal rights. And like, he wanted to ban for like, he was really like bold candidate and, uh, you know, he lost, he got 25% of the vote. And then earlier this year, he ran as a Democrat and won.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think why wouldn't like you
0: if, do that? Like,
1: right. That, like if, if, if we 're going to discuss elect- electoral politics at all, I think like my, in, in my mind, the goal should just be to i mean DSA is doing pretty good in Chicago too. They have multiple uh, DSA members on the city council right now and oh yeah, for sure I, and I think like if, if, if that 's the goal, then just make the Democratic Party push the Democratic Party to the point where you know the Republicans are a marginal fringe party. And then the DSA or whatever organization you come from, more progressive candidates are in the Democratic Party and pull them a little bit more left, and then maybe create something to the left of that. But th- that's not even important until we figure out what the hell happens in the next couple months here. Like, was, yeah. yeah, like, and, and then through January too, because I mean, until someone else is inaugurated, <laughs> like I don't yeah, know, I'm true, not, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. But but yeah, I, I mean, talking about. Uh I think talking about preparing, you know, and, and I I guess a little scatterbrained uh but that's both if, of us every time. that's this
0: podcast after Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. like us stuttering
1: cool. and trying to catch our thought that
0: I forgot, you know.
1: Yeah, one I had the... a good one, but Oh, oh it's go all ahead. good.
0: I was going to say one of the reasons that we record ourselves separately is so we can take out all the uh shit, I don't know where I was going with that yeah i mean i already did that once yeah but we're just doing straight zoom so this is what you actually get so
1: yeah it's fine with me um it's fun so i I guess the point i was gonna make uh following all that about like strategies to like actually maybe make this country work which who the fuck knows if it's even going to exist in a couple years um I, i think a lot of people even people that like see the eye to eye with us on most issues, assuming that the three of us are pretty much on the same page about most things. Uh, A lot of people are shocked about what's happening right now. And I'm not really, I'm it's right. Yeah. I'm not, I wish I, I was hoping that it wouldn't, but I, I didn't think that Donald Trump being in office was going to go well. And it is about as bad as I thought it could be without having a nuclear war. Like, this is about as bad as it could be without him actually fucking launching nukes. So, you know, what we can do is try to find ways to keep in touch with the people that don't live around us that we care about. And uh, the people that do live around us is, like, we're, we're finding that, like, this thing that we're doing with the People's Pizza Party was, like, kind of a silly kind of a silly way to like calling it the people's pizza party and like bringing pizzas like a goofy name and it's supposed to sound like almost like a play on like a the name of like a fucking like a communist organization or something and yeah like i'd be i'd be a
0: little careful with that name actually i've watched q i've watched a q non documentary um (laughs) you might be on a list now about
1: uh (laughs) we've we've uh we've um i mean Everyone that's involved in this project has been at uh tons of protests and whatever we've all without getting too into it, like we've all been involved oh, yeah. in kind of mutual aid work and like if there's like if if there are um you know, whatever, like I I I don't mind putting myself out there because I already have like we're not my band is not a very uh well known famous band or anything, but I have enough of uh, a public platform to where people are going to be able to find out who I am if they want to anyway. And yeah, we'll bring, but we, and you know, it, we work with, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No. And it is scary too. I just wanted to stay, say there's been like a lot of instances over the last like four, like three, four months where people were getting, you know, fed visits for their posts, like making jokes yeah. even about Antifa, like make I'm the CEO of Antifa, like, uh, you know, and that's how insane that's where we're at so i mean it is everyone everyone is literally like at risk even if you like like a i don't know any left-wing page or anything like that
1: yeah yeah And like i was pretty involved in the anti-war movement in 2003 and i remember getting my picture taken by fucking cops and feds and stuff back then i mean i don't know i I, if, if, if there are yeah like if if I'm on a list, I'm on a list, and I can't do anything about it at this point. So no, I mean I'm I was just, like, I was referring to QAnon specifically,
0: and you don't really have to worry about
1: the, the, that much. The, the
0: people's pizza party because of Comet Ping Pong. Pizza Gate. Because Pizza Gate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, you're making a yeah. Pizza Gate joke? I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I It's it's a well, It's hard to tell what's a fucking joke anymore, honestly, because yeah. QAnon bullshit is like it's it's like farcical to the point where if if you would have told me about this when I was 20 years old i would have been like what the hell are you talking about that's not gonna happen
0: (laughs) we we actually watched a three-hour uh movie about it like the one of the main ones that the Q people suggest most insane shit you'll ever watch in your life it's just like literally every conspiracy like rolled uh, up into one (laughs) and just like blood drinking and like Aging that's all the same. It's all, people. It's, that's just all, that's, it's all the same
1: stuff. That, it's all the same. It's all the same exact stuff the Nazis were saying. It's all goes back to anti Sem anti Semitic white supremacist bullshit. Yeah, well, like most of it. They're yeah. taking like, yeah, mixed in with like, a
0: bunch of other like st- stuff about lotion. Like it's just there's so much far out stuff in there. Well,
1: because and... because part of it is like they know that the people that they're fucking feeding this stuff to are going to eat it up. So then they're going to put stuff in there about, yeah, lotions and whatever, and they're going to try to sell people things because they're just a bunch of grifters. That's all yeah. Alex Jones is. Yeah. They're a bunch of fucking charlatan grifters, and they, they fool easy marks into believing their bullshit, and then people go crazy and end up out in the street shooting people. Like, they're out of their fucking minds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The lotion I was referring to is part of the I just have to say this, but part of the movie there's a lotion that they said celebrities sell that was made from circumcised uh penises. So right.
1: Oh, that's probably a really nice lotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can feel
0: all the foreskin. But on it, my face. I gotta say it does make a <laughs> lot of sense know. the main the main demographic of uh Q I's evangelicals. Uh Right. Yeah, cuz they got, you know, that apocalyptic fetish.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. All those <laughs> so All of people just go jump into a fucking volcano together.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that would be a good like uh they could jump into the volcano and that can be part of their like cleansing ritual and they can be like raptured up to heaven or some shit, you know. Yeah, and the
1: rest of us could just try to fucking mitigate climate change and live here. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It <Yeah. laughs> uh-huh. we we would be nice if we're not and all the- we could talk about QAnon like all day, but um, I want to talk more about <laughs> m- mutual aid, like in, I mean, you gave us the breakdown already, but like, what would be like your uh, suggestion to people to people that like want to start um, like their own thing? If there's not much going on, if they're like in the suburbs or like they're in like a rural area,
1: just um, kind
0: of like networking, I mean, but I would what-
1: say, I would say, a, I would say a, a couple good things to do. Would be the first thing is if, like, if what's going on now is confusing or scary or overwhelming. Uh, I'm not saying that this will like quell your anxiety necessarily, but a good resource is uh, I think it's like a nine-part series called "It Could Happen Here" by Robert Evans. Um, it's a podcast series you could find it on whatever platform, and he's the same dude that does "Behind the Bastards," and he writes for a Radical like open source leftist journalist organization called Bellingcat. Um, mm,
0: yeah, I follow him on Twitter.
1: Yeah, he's great. Like, he's been yeah. out in Portland every night. Uh, he went out to Rojava and did a series out there, but It Could Happen Here um, is basically where I kind of learned about mutual aid. Um, I, I, I guess I had an idea of something that would be defined as mutual aid, but I didn't even know what it was called, you know, just – working with other people in the community to help each other out um that's it's been something that i've wanted to do for a very long time and try to whenever i can but this year we've really seen like we coordinate with other mutual aid groups so a good a good way to do it i guess is wherever you are just if you're on facebook or any other social media platform that we should probably not be on uh, and yeah but i'm on um, i'm on
0: facebook for now <laughs>
1: yeah i mean we probably all should be permanently but it's we've we've relied on that to maintain contact with people over the last 15 years and disconnecting from it is tough but there's a lot of mutual aid groups and if you can't find one in your area then the only like the idea of getting into it if it doesn't already exist can be pretty intimidating but just find you know what we did was uh we found an organization to support and you don't even have to do that but if you have a restaurant that you like in your area that's probably struggling right now because of the pandemic. Um, and it's not even really a pandemic anymore. Now it's just like an American epidemic <laughs> at this point. But I don't
0: know, uh, man. South America's got it pretty bad too now. I mean, there's yeah. actually a few places around the world that are still pretty bad. But yeah, it is uh, – Yeah. A lot of places have controlled it much better than America.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Still number um, one.
1: Yeah, number one USA. Um, but <laughs> – but you know, just figure out like, figure out if there's a if there's a restaurant in your area that needs some help. All you have to do is figure out who the best people in your area to serve are. And if there are homeless encampments, which there are popping, they're popping up everywhere. And the more we go to them, like the more people we meet, and we hear about new ones and more people are losing their homes and um, having to you know, to, to build community under a fucking bridge or something. So if you don't have anything like that in your area, uh, there's gotta be a lot of families that are struggling, a lot of individuals that are. And I think you can find ways to network with people. And then all we do, and the way this whole thing is funded is we just post about it and the money gets sent directly to us on Venmo or PayPal or whatever. And we spend every dime of it buying food and supplies for people that need them. And we try to do it at local businesses as much as possible. And for some of the big stuff, you know, we'll use, uh, we'll use a friend of ours that works at Costco. He's got a membership. So like, we'll do that, but fuck that company. But like we can get a bunch of stuff for pretty cheap and give to people. Um, and we just get donations on, uh, on venmo like that we source it and we, we we just like it's like an open source donate thing and no one none of us take any money for anything and
0: um yeah we'll link to that too uh at pe- at people's pizza party
1: right yeah at people's pizza venmo. party on venmo and then just use the little pizza emoji um because it's one of our personal accounts we just it, it would at this point it wouldn't make sense for us to incorporate as a non-profit maybe if this keeps up we will but You know, we'll see how the winter goes and and then make a decision on that in the spring. But so far, it's working fine how it is. And, you know, we're seeing some people that we've been going to now. uh, We've, like, exchanged phone numbers with them. Some of them are finding places to live. A couple of them are finding jobs. And that's not because of us. But if we can give them one night a week where they don't have to worry about food and, like, hang out and talk to us for a little bit and, like, get a high-quality meal from a local business that's also struggling and we put, like, a $500 in a $500 order in for them, like it's just, it helps people on different levels. And that's where the idea of mutual aid comes in because it's not charity. It's a, it's a work of solidarity that if any of us find ourselves in the position of needing that, you know, we're building the infrastructure now to make sure that, you know, no matter what happens, we'll be able to help each other through this time. Like we've ordered pizzas for people that have messaged us on our social media and just been like, I haven't had, I haven't been able to order a meal out for my family since the pandemic started cause I lost my job. You know, would you mind uh, putting in an order for a couple of pizzas for me and my husband and my kids? And like, of course, no problem. Why not? Everyone should be able to have a nice night and enjoy themselves. Like we can't, there's no reason to try to build a better world if we can't have some fun and like treat ourselves to something nice once in a while as well. Right.
0: How, how often is that happening that people are like uh, hitting you up for support?
1: Uh, so we have a, every Sunday night, we have like a regular route that we do. And that's, we try to keep that as consistent as possible. Cause we've been doing it for like three months and those people are kind of starting to get to know us and rely on it. And then, um, you know, like Brave Space Alliance has asked us to show up to like, uh, like specific protests and be like, hey, can you set up a table here? And the fucking Chicago Police Department hates it. They're like, what the fuck is this? These guys, they have their own pizza now? And, like, <laughs> it, it makes them really mad for some reason. <laughs> like, they can't stand to see that, like, everyone that's just they been pull- marching and telling them to fuck off is now just, like, hanging out, eating pizza yeah, and having a yeah. good time. There's those the dance parties and stuff,
0: too. Yeah, they'll yeah. post it on their Twitter later as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza as a weapon,
1: Pizza is a weapon. It yeah, weapon. As the, same as the guitars. Um, but yeah. That's- so like that's happened. And then we've done like jail support a few times where, you know, outside of, uh, either cook County jail, or then there's one on, on the South side, um, that they'll take a lot of protesters to, uh, you know, we'll just drop off some food to them. And then we've done a couple big supply runs for brave space. Um, so it doesn 't happen super often that we do stuff outside of that uh, that Sunday run, but it does, and we'll we try to accommodate and provide as much as we possibly can, but it just completely depends on what our budget is, and that only that just depends on like people sending us five bucks or ten bucks or whatever at a time uh, we don 't have any sponsors or anything because all the places that would sponsor this are also hurting financially so yeah what don what dante's does to sponsor it is that they do a they call it the sunday solidarity slice and every sunday they have a special slice and two dollars from each slice goes towards uh um goes towards what we're doing and then uh another cool layer of it is that we have some friends in chicago that play in a band called typesetter there we go hey
0: sorry about that i should have uh Stopped us a little bit before. You have a uh, Mohawk? Uh no, it's just my bed head So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I have a Mohawk for a few hours every morning too.
0: Yeah, it just uh yeah, it's uh I woke I mean it's ten o'clock now, but I haven't, you know, showered and gotten ready for the day. So
1: Yeah. Um oh yeah, so I guess uh You were talking about was, Typesetter. Yeah, so Typesetter um is a band that we're friends with. Uh they're another Chicago band that They do a lot of good activist work and um, uh, the guitar player, Mark is uh, he's partnered with um, another locally owned like a punk rocker women ran restaurant called hash. And every Tuesday they call it the vegan test kitchen, vegan test kitchen. And Mark makes a bunch of uh, like meat alternatives. Like he makes a really killer Italian beef substitute, uh, seitan. And then, um so he's got some other things too he's got like a little fried chicken kind of thing that's really great but oh, uh but his bandmate alex palermo is doing um i don't know i can't remember what alex is calling their project, but uh it's like palermo foods or something along those lines it's got a better name than that I right can't remember. I'm, so- I'm sorry alex if you ever hear this but uh um they are supplying dante's with vegan pepperoni and sausage i believe so some of these sunday solidarity slices are not only benefiting dante's and the people's pizza party but they're also supporting some of our friends that play in bands that are that have they started these businesses during the pandemic they both worked in the service industry and well mark was a um a live sound engineer but you know there's no <laughs> no work for that now but but right. it's it's cool it's like there's a terrible thing happening in the world right now, especially in this country, I think. But uh, it's really cool to see what people do in response to it because there's a lot of good stuff happening in the midst of all this fucking horrible bullshit.
0: Excuse yeah. my language. No, 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 no. That's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, I, So I've heard a lot about Vegan Test Kitchen as well because I think my friend Carrie, uh makes vegan donuts for that.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I've that been hash. following her on Instagram for a while, and I want to get back to you know test all these new vegan things in Chicago. Yeah. It sound. I, I, it sounds yeah. really exciting. Yeah, I could go for some fried chicken.
1: <laughs> I haven't
0: been out to soul veg. I haven't been out to soul veg in a long time. So. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of cool things, and and I think it's uh, really important how uh, like you mentioned everything like that is connected all of these like kind of small businesses um, that are suffering right now, they're, they're connected. They uh, work together to uh, support each other. And then by supporting the people's pizza party, you can help support all of them. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. People who are out of work and things like that. Yeah. So. And I think, um, I don't know, for like the five or six people that listen to this show, they probably supported Bernie Sanders and maybe felt like, they don't have, like, I don't know, they can't really like, do anything till, you know, what they see what happens. But in the meantime, I think, uh, like, mutual aid, there's nothing more important. So, yeah. Like, you just think gotta take too, like, care of each other. Like, what, like, if you were working on the campaign or uh, can't really,
1: like, do anything
0: more important than just kind of get through these next few months.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think it's really important for people to start thinking about ways you know what how, how are we going to live moving forward because I think if, if we haven't learned anything else from this last year it's that we should not be relying on uh, like these institutions and like think that the status quo is going to maintain even if it doesn't like of course we want things to get better but they might not really on a large scale so what can you do is like You can learn how to do something. You can learn how to make vegan pepperoni. You can, uh, you can learn how to garden. You can learn how to make bread and, and those things might not necessarily seem revolutionary on a large scale, but if you can use that to share with other people that need it and you can teach other people how to do these things, you know, we were raised in a way that was just like, yeah, America is the best. And you don't actually learn how to, you don't actually have to learn how to do anything except go to college and get an office job and, You'll be fine. And it's like, well, clearly that was terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. But I think yeah, it's a,
0: yeah. I, I think it's also about rebuilding a sense of community, right? Like we've been taught like, as, yeah. as, as Americans that we need to be like very individualistic. Should do a, a verse um, clip in there real quick. Oh, rebuild! Yeah, we that rebuild sets of good Yeah, yeah. That was oh man, that's a, that's a, no, that's a throwback, man. Fucking like two thousand eight hardcore, right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Um, no, I, yeah, I. All their songs are like tearing tear down the walls. They're like just. You
1: know, it's it's it's, it's important. Tough, yeah. Like I mean, like. We you guys come, hear that new Strike Anywhere record?
0: I have not.
1: Oh, when did they God, did did it come? So fucking good! It came out in July, and there's a song on it called "The Bells," and it ends with like a kind of like a breakdown like sing-along chorus and uh the the sing-along line is no one forgets no one remembers at all until monuments fall that's fucking awesome that's pretty good pretty good yeah pretty good good. That's. I think it's their best record ever.
0: We'll 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 put little clips in. Uh, I've I've been doing a lot more. Like one of the things that's been great about doing this podcast has been uh, I've been uh, working on like recording, and I've been recording some of my own band's <laughs> stuff. But like uh, I've I've learned a lot through editing this podcast and yeah, throwing, throwing clips in here and there. So that's great.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you our new record. The first song on the record is called Dryer Ground, and that's the only song. On the record that I didn't write, it was written by our lead guitar player, Ellie. And, uh, it's, that's kind of a song about what we're talking about. It's about building community and mutual aid. And, um, you know, like there's a lot of things that are going to change, even if we don't experience a worst case scenario. And I don't necessarily think that's a terrible thing. I think for a long time, uh, in the 20th century, American culture—I mean, always through American history, in general—but in the 20th century, like after post-World War II, I think just everything is overly commodified. We don't—we don't actually have a real sense of community for the most part. So we we built one ourselves with punk rock music. You know, we found that with hardcore and punk rock, and we were able to do that. But uh, other than other than like these countercultures where we're looking for something like that, it doesn't even really exist. Most places. I, I'm really lucky where I moved to the block does have that. It's like multi-generational families, people that have been here for a long time, but um, you know, even if people don't want to completely get off social media, I think we need to stop relying on that for the way we communicate with each other. We need to be more intentional about it. And if you're
0: organizing, definitely use telegram or signal
1: yeah it's telegram or signal and you know i'm i'm planning on uh purchasing like a home ham radio setup and learning how to use that because i'm i don't, i do not know what the hell is going to happen and i hope that uh sorry my phone's being goofy there we go um you know I, I hope that we don't ever lose the ability to use cell phones because it's nice to be able to talk to my friend in japan yeah uh, but You know, we saw that massive storm system that came through the Midwest back in August and like parts of Iowa had no power or cell phone service for over a week. And Trump never even sent FEMA out there. So it's like, we need to be able to find alternative ways to communicate with each other. We need to be able to source our own food as much as possible and share it. It's so
0: ridiculous that he didn't do that, especially because of all the like uh, extra funds going to DHS. Which FEMA is actually like I think DHS absorbed FEMA,
1: but yeah, so. obviously all
0: that obviously all that extra money is just going to like ICE or like Feds to monitor protests or just, attack protesters and kidnap yeah. them. <laughs> that is what, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah God damn it. I mean, it, it, it's How, some, so how's how's Japan Joey? It's <laughs> uh, um yes. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's okay. Uh just been I mean like the the coronavirus numbers are down, but I like I have a feeling like they're gonna go back up again. Um, yeah, down, down to like, what down uh, to what though. Well, I mean it's like we were down to like eighty eight cases in Tokyo like last week, like in one uh, one day. Like eighty eight so would... cases a day. That would <laughs> I mean, be in a great place for that's us. like over ten million uh, over ten million people. Um yeah, no, I mean like Japan's fine. I mean like there's nothing I can say other than yeah, Things are okay. I um, send him like all the awful shit I read like ten times a day, though, so he, you know, feels <laughs> I, like the I, despair of the you United You need to share your
1: existential dread with your brother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I still feel like you know, obviously, very connected to America, um, more yeah, connected there than I do here. Time. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's nice to be here. <laughs> I feel safe. Yeah, he's um, been there the whole Trump presidency. I mean, yeah, I was pl- I was only planning on being here for like a year and a half. And then, you know, I got married and uh, we we're trying to move to America, but uh, the immigration process was fucking incredibly, incredibly slow. And yeah. so we decided to say, fuck it. And we're just going to stay here. And then we might move to England in a few years.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I just hope that, in the next year or so it is uh, a totally fine idea for you to come back and visit oh, you know i i
0: a hundred percent
1: because you know, I, I i don't know that it will be if our uh orange fascist is still in power but like i don't even know what they think i don't even know what they think they're going to win because if they ram through a supreme court pick and you know trump stays in office like what we've seen over the last few months of sustained protests is only going to intensify. Right. <laughs> like, right. Know, but it People is it is anywhere. really concerning though,
0: 'cause it's it's really concerning Cause its its going to be kind of like I envision it being kind of like a two thousand thing. You know, the Supreme Court has to go into a ruling, like, oh, we're gonna count these votes and then the Supreme Court's gonna come in and be like, uh, yeah, no, just don't count the votes.
1: <laughs> yeah and
0: so <laughs> just don't count those votes like that's it seems like the most likely scenario that you I, know trump, I, I, will, trump will be winning on election night but you know, since democrats counting. vote by mail like significantly more and, and even more significantly this year because of the pandemic like he's just gonna be like oh, he's already planted the seeds you know he's like oh it's you know the only way i can lose is if they rig it and uh you know mail-in ballots and all this like you know well, yeah i mean last falsos. week he admitted that
1: he wouldn't peacefully leave office
0: right <laughs> and i and you know and I, it's just it's just it's frustrating because um i don't know i don't know because don't the think. trump supporters like just still are in denial be like the media is lying i don't know like
1: it's yeah so so i think like not to i'm sorry to cut you off but um no nah, was i wasn't saying anything. Well, um, I say I, – dude, I, I go down – I'll spiral out on these topics anytime I get the chance, especially if I'm a little bit stoned. But, <laughs> uh, nice. uh, you know, uh, I I just think that when we start talking about this stuff, it is very anxiety-inducing. And I listen – I probably listen to more, like like, topical news, political podcasts every day than I should while I'm working – but I find, it, I find it to be both interesting and terrifying. But then, you know, last night we went on the run and we we fed probably about 60 people and brought supplies to a bunch of people and hung out and talked. We gave, we gave a guy that's trying to get off heroin a ride to the hospital in our van and got to talk to him for a while. He's a bluegrass musician from, like, eastern Tennessee that found himself in Chicago trying to play music and lost his job and got hooked on drugs and – like he's trying to be better and like stop, you know, stop putting himself in a position where he might die under a fucking bridge. And he's, he's younger than us. And like, it's so pervasive. And uh, when we can actually do material things to improve people's conditions, even if it's just slightly, and even if it's temporary, it's, it's a reminder that like, no matter what happens on that level, we're going to survive and we're going to figure out a way to have a decent life. And if that worst case scenario collapse does happen, I mean, wherever you are, just like, just like slow down and look around and figure out what you can provide and what you need and who can help with what. And like, that's why right now I think it's really important to be building those networks and like, Find a few of your friends that want to do something good and figure out what you can do. It's, it seems really daunting, but it's actually not. And if there's something simple that you can do to help even just a few people, that's totally fine. It's enough. Like in all these people, like Bernie Sanders supporters, the biggest thing that Bernie Sanders would talk about helping his campaign was making small donations. So you can, do small things but if a lot of people are doing these small things it's pretty big and it does build it builds trust and it builds solidarity and then when bad stuff really starts to happen people know each other and they can they know they can trust each other and they have each other's backs and that's how we get through this kind of shit i think yeah and i
0: think building like little organizations um, mutual aid organizations like that i think the hopes is always you know how much it'll spread like you can lead by example Um, You know, a lot of people don't know what to do. They want to be, they're waiting to be engaged. There's, I mean, I think there's like, you know, millions of people like that are, they want to like, uh, you know, they envision, like they can envision a different world. uh, They don't know where to begin. And yeah, I think that's the perfect spot, you know, and and hopefully like you can, that'll influence more people. And that's really uh, like,
1: all we can do well that's I mean that's how no go ahead yeah well I mean Joey that's how you and I got to be friends really was because we met on a big state college campus and we realized that we both grew up with like DIY punk rock and hardcore roots and kind of I mean you did a lot and that you were like a very instrumental person in that community but we were all part of it but it's like whether you're trying to build a punk rock scene and have shows with your friends or like feed people or make sure people have their basic needs met. It's really not all that different because no one was going to come and build a nice venue for us, whether we were high school kids in the suburbs or college kids at Illinois state, like, like no one was going to provide that for us, but it didn't mean that it couldn't exist. And, you know, the, with all this kind of stuff going on with, with uh, fascism like we're rapidly descending into fascism here in this country. And uh, we're dealing with climate change and a pandemic all at the same time. It feels really overwhelming and like, Oh no, I hope someone comes here and saves us, but no one's coming to save us. But there are a lot of things that we can do and, you know, not everyone has to be doing the same thing and we we can all find ways to make this less bad.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I mean, this has been really inspiring for me because uh, I see what you're doing through things like Facebook um, and through like kind of uh, the people that I know at Dante's because I used to uh, deliver uh, pizzas for there uh, right before I moved out to Japan. And uh, yeah, it's like really inspiring because a lot of times David will send me something that's just like, oh, look at this bullshit. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, what the fuck? And then uh, yeah. I, I get I get super like mm. down and depressed, and it's uh, it's it's nice to nice to kind of do uh, to see people doing things uh, to inspire me that like you know, like the world's gonna keep spinning. Um, we're you know even if we're at the end of the American project or whatever, if the country goes down and descends into something else. Well, we're uh, definitely going into a new era. <laughs> whether yeah, what what that is is to you know yeah there's a lot there's a lot of better america
1: or it's no more america those are the two options in my mind like
0: well both sound pretty good
1: (laughs) (laughs) right like if it's not going to be better then it shouldn't exist
0: right well so like i mean like i think that there's going to be a lot of yeah terrible things that will come with uh either of those scenarios and so like not not trying to be all doomsday and uh like that's inspiring um so i like i i'm glad that I get to see it happening. I wish I could be there helping. Um I have been doing some things here, making donuts and donating uh some of the money. Hopefully I can do I I was just thinking I should do one for uh the, the People's Pizza project. Um
1: that would be awesome.
0: Or pop yeah. Wait, yeah yeah I definitely project, would yeah. like to to maybe start my own thing. Like I've been trying to help out at like food drives when I'm not working. Um, But I just feel like there's a lot more that could be done. So that's really why I wanted to get in touch with you. And I can't really think of anything uh, you were saying, like, you know, a lot of leftists like to think like in big terms, like big, uh, you know, big projects and like, how could they change the world in like such a huge way? But like, there's probably nothing really more revolutionary at the end of the day than like feeding people that need to be fed.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the Black Panthers had a breakfast program and, um, you know, I think a lot of, I I think a big way to get to, to build a coalition of people that are going to keep working together and trusting each other and fighting for equality and justice in a sustainable world is you can build these connections by feeding people. Because if you, if you continually show up and you're reliable and you can, you can help people out, then they realized that like, okay, these people are serious. They're not just like driving by and not looking at me or, you know, making an anonymous donation to the Chicago food depository or whatever. Cause those things are fine. Like you can give someone, you should, you should give, if you see someone asking for money and you have enough money to like, spare some, just fucking give it to them because money is stupid anyway. And like, what the yeah. fuck am I going to spend <laughs> it on? But, <laughs> but I mean, uh, you know it it, it's really it is really overwhelming and we do want to like we want to talk about things in large terms we want to talk about like a revolution and a utopia what what our perfect vision of the world is and and like maybe someday we will see that but we probably won't but we can affect change where we can and i mean it doesn't you know uh, an entire house can be destroyed by tiny fucking termites so you know, we don't right. all have to be doing, we don't have to come in here with a wrecking ball, but uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to be all right. And I think a big thing that I've been trying to do the last couple of weeks is like redefine what I think of as hope and optimism, because I used to think about hope and optimism on like a national or a global scale. And if you do that, you're just going to find yourself with this existential f- dread all the time if you're paying attention to current events, but if you think about it in a way that like, think about where you are in the world. And right now we are in, I'm in Chicago. I'm a few miles away from one of the largest freshwater sources on the planet. And I'm going to live in a place with a pretty temperate climate. So when the coasts are uninhabitable, people are going to come here. And if we have these structures in place to help people and maintain and sustain communities, then we got a pretty good chance. I think like terrible shit's going to happen no matter what, but we, we, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we have to, it doesn't mean we can't still have a decent life.
0: Right. And it, yeah. And it, if, you know, even uh utopia aside people, I don't know. I think it's like what you're doing is kind of like rejuvenating like your spiritual like self in a way that, um, you know i still will always think big you know and like oh i do too dream of that and i think John people Brown is don't one of
1: my biggest heroes
0: yeah they don't need to like get rid of like you know their ideals but um you need to be like realistic too like earlier this year i think a lot of people were like it's happening like you know bernie's going to win and like we're going to get these social democratic uh policies implemented and then we'll have more time for organizing and we'll have, you know, all this like, it'd be a huge, uh, jump. Um, but even still, even if that were the case, it still would be, um, you know, it wasn't like, if it wasn't like it was going to totally, Bernie Sanders was not going to be a savior. It's, it um, was still an uphill battle, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. It was still an up, it was
0: still the same uphill battle. It's just that he was like a big, huge opportunity at the same time, but right. Um, it's still even if he got in, he, he, like he still would. Like, I don't know. Who knows Be facing a been, lot of the same like, as bold as say like FDR or someone like that. Like that would not that I'm, like eulogizing FDR, but like just like bold enough to, um, you know, like threaten to like disobey these norms, like expand the Supreme Court, uh, create like a whole new you know New Deal, like a Green New Deal, like
1: right. I don't know. No, I think, I think that like, happened.
0: Yeah. I'm not I'm not like uh praising FDR, but
1: <laughs> you know. As far as American presidents go, he would uh, you know. I mean he's, he's gotta be the, the
0: number Yeah, he's gotta well he's gotta be uh in top one for sure.
1: Top, yeah, yeah like, top two. He's definitely He's definitely not at the top of the list of the worst presidents you know he's, yeah <laughs> he's yeah top top three i would have, well i mean yeah I his era inside.
0: that was like if we st- if they continued like the new deal policies we'd be in a much better place right now if they didn't switch to you know full-blown reagan neoliberalism
1: watch that uh have you seen that oliver stone series on netflix untold american yeah. history no.
0: I, yeah i've seen a lot of um I, yeah i'm pretty sure i've watched them all
1: it's really good. They focus a lot on uh, on the FDR administration. And oh, like Henry and... Wallace. Yep. Yeah.
0: The Henry Wallace stuff in there is really good. That was a major missed opportunity too.
1: Huge, there's so many missed. I, so after RBG died, um, I watched the RBG documentary with the person I'm seeing right now. And uh, it wasn't like inspiring. It was just sad because you see everything that she did. And there's plenty of reasons to criticize her, but you see everything she did in her career and all of the opportunities that this country had in her lifetime to be the best version of itself. And we didn't, this country did not do that. And any chance that the United States of America had to be better, it didn't happen. And the only progress that ever has been made came at, uh, an immense struggle and great cost to people and then when people now are like why are they so angry out there protesting and breaking stuff it's like because nothing else has fucking worked yeah <laughs> what incrementalism <laughs> <I> just,
0: right <laughs> where we right?
2: Gotta,
0: uh, and you know talk talk about packing the courts but we also should have the end goal of abolishing the courts <laughs> uh, the supreme court because i mean it makes no sense the fact that the president just you know it's like a gamble if someone steps down or someone dies that president gets to uh you know fill the seat and it's just it's just like it makes no fucking sense
1: but he only get the only the, the the president only gets to fill the seat if the senate majority leader decides to let them do that yeah exactly <laughs> yeah true i mean it's just it,
0: the supreme court sucks. you can put, but you can point out hypocrisy Anywhere it it doesn't actually matter. Like yeah you know, no, these it doesn't norms, matter at all. Yeah, these norms that you know they just expect, you know, the Republican people to follow. to follow when they never do, anyways. Uh something's gotta be done about that and like be like a legitimate opposition and kind of be willing to do the same uh dirty kind of tactics. Bold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I and mean, it's not even like dirty, We're it's not just even so dirty, smart. but just
1: like yes, yeah, stand up for yourself like the like, they I, you know, will
0: constantly fight for what they want, which is just, you know, uh, total control in, like, corporate yeah, uh, whatever. That's but, all they care about. And McConnell is, like, really, like, um, really good at it. I mean, he's <laughs> really a terrible good. He's piece smart. of shit. He's fucking, yeah, he's, like, he's really he's changed, things. like, the dynamic of, like, Congress and how, like, they used to be a lot more bipartisan on like, they still are, you know, uh, they haven't, the Senate hasn't like voted more. on
1: anything. The only thing they've been voting on, the only thing that the Senate has been voting on since uh, the 18 midterms are judicial appointments for the federal courts. That's like McConnell. I, like they can't even, they don't even have a chance to be bipartisan on horrible things because they're not even letting any legislation go to the floor. It's insane. And I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. I feel like this is the logical conclusion of the Republican party and possibly the country as a whole. And, and probably definitely uh, like imperialist capitalism. Like this, this ship is sinking pretty fast at this point. And I don't think anybody benefits from a full collapse, but I'm trying to prepare myself for it. Right. Uh, yeah. That's
0: one thing too, that uh, I'd have to push back on, like with uh, some people like leftists that think, I don't know, like accelerationism. It's really not, not a good. Uh, it's
1: extremely dangerous. Good right.
0: tactic whatsoever. It doesn't work that way. If it, in, no. in reality, like making people's lives easier uh, so they can organize more is what, makes you know real change and like real revolution or, or or whatever like people are going to be desperate people are going to have to take care of themselves they're going to have to work you know like just to keep up and things getting worse before they get better um there's really nothing to shoot for i mean, you don't, I mean you're no. not doing that you would, you would also think that that would have already happened with, like, a Trump yeah, like, presidency. Right, like, in 2016, <laughs> like, I remember people saying that. So, it was like, that's what, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, it's, uh, like, the Lenin or something. So So, I i kind of want to like wrap up a little bit but i kind of want to wrap up on more of a high note um yeah
1: yeah let's let's get back to let's yeah. get let's get back to it
0: so so <laughs> adam you were talking about like listening to like political podcasts do you have recommendations what what have you been listening to what do you like
1: um i like uh i like i like a lot of robert evans work i like behind the bastards um behind the bastards is a good one and then he has another one with a couple friends called uh worst year ever and it was only supposed to be election coverage, and now it's just the worst year.
0: Uh-oh. Oh shit! Uh oh. <laughs> we lost time. Adam. Let me let me put him into the waiting room and then bring him back in. Good. Hello. Cool. Hey.
1: All right. Yeah. Sweet. So that one, um, Red Nation, is really cool because, you know, that. Oh like, yeah,
0: I've, I've listened to that. We grew so up.
1: It, Shit. god damn it <laughs> my fucking funds this battery last very long I'll try to wrap it up um yeah I mean we grew up in a in a fairly comfortable uh setting in the suburbs of Chicago I mean my I come from a working class family but I never had to worry too much about most things that I needed were provided by my folks and uh I I never was like in f- fear of the police killing me or, uh, you know, not being able to eat. Um, I had a a relatively comfortable upbringing. When you hear hear stories from people that have lived with oppression and tyranny their whole lives, like the stuff that we're worried about right now um, with like the Supreme Court or what happens with the Senate or whatever, they're concerned about it because they know that and I don't want to speak for anybody, I don't mean to do that, but, like, the sense that I get is that there is a level of concern because, of course, it will affect their lives, but they've been through generations of trauma and horrible, like, bullshit atrocities that, like, they know that they're going to work together to maintain their their lives and their communities and their culture, and I think a lot of us are just kind of starting to try to figure that out now, so Red Nation is a good one. Cool. Sad um, sad 30 somethings.
0: <laughs> sad 30 somethings that I've recently broken up with people, you know, have been broken yeah. up with. Yep. Yeah. So uh we uh had some uh technical difficulties yesterday when we were finishing up, and so we're trying to come back at it a day after. Big news has happened since the White Sox won the first game of the playoffs. So,
1: congratulations! That's exciting. It is. One, one Cubs are playing tomorrow to the for, for the first game.
0: S- yeah, well, I think Crosstown World Series is going to happen this year, just because maybe uh, you know, the 2020 nonsense.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe it will. And I, I almost, uh, as a Cubs fan, I almost feel like I, I would hope the Cubs win. I guess, but if the White Sox winning the World Series somehow like puts us back into a timeline where we're not worried about the apocalypse, that's, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know, to be fair. I don't know what they have got, to do with it. Well, yes, the last time I, I, the Cubs I, I, won the World I, Series, yes, Trump became president. To, yeah. <laughs> we got to celebrate that for less than a week. Yeah. Um, and you know, now we're here. So, you know, if that's what it takes, I'll that's accept what it that. Takes. And then maybe Ricketts will sell the team to the city and it will be municipally owned.
0: That would be cool. I'd be in full support of that. I mean, hopefully I all, Reinsdorf also, does the same.
1: Yeah. At least ha- I think all major sports franchises should be at least 51% municipally owned. Yeah. You know, if, it, if a billionaire wants to have a hobby and be like a minority owner of a sports franchise, that's fine. But the city should have the rest of it.
0: Yeah. I totally agree we'll worry about that after (laughs) yeah yeah let's get let's get through the next couple of months first Um, yeah
1: and then that'll be a project for like you know 2024 maybe yeah (laughs) if things go well
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that that would be a that would be like a a very nice thing to worry about if that's like the worst thing we have to worry about and everything um, else is okay (laughs) everything else is fine (laughs) yeah all right, so we were just talking about uh, podcasts and stuff, and so you were you were going over a few yeah. podcasts that you like. But anything else? I know you mentioned Red Scare. Um,
1: uh, Red Nation. No,
0: Red Red no. Nation. Yeah, not Red yeah. Scare. Sorry, um, sorry.
1: That's okay. <laughs> Red Scare uh, yeah. is
0: another podcast that yeah, you probably not too
1: good. <laughs> there's <laughs> to the least. There's a there's a True Anon podcast if you want to just have um, or there's Q Anonymous I think.
0: If you're yeah, QAnon, like, not, yeah, they've been – well, True or Non has had Q or Non-Anonymous on, on, like, a few times, and that's where I heard them. But, like, yeah, apparently it's just, you know, totally dedicated and following Q. Yeah. Uh,
1: and they're I, part of a I watch. Yeah, I definitely recommend against anybody listening to fucking Joe Rogan. That guy fucking sucks. Um, but – Dude, that's like uh,
0: the m- number one podcast for for some reason everyone's like, "Oh, what podcast?" Because he's check a fucking out the Joe cuz it's a I mean, it's the biggest platform too.
1: What do you and uh he likes to do psychedelic drugs and it just makes people feel like like, "Oh, this is my guy." And it's like, "No, he's not. He made his fucking money punching people in the head and eating cockroaches, <laughs> dude. Fuck you. <laughs> this guy sucks." Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of cool information and cool places to get it. Uh, Jacobin magazine is a good one. And, um, In These Times is from Chicago. Um, I'm sure there's a ton that I'm leaving out and missing, but uh, I mean, Did you ever I mean, listen well, to
0: the Michael Brooks show?
1: Michael Brooks? No. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to check it out.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he was on weekends with Anna Kasparian. He actually passed away a few months ago, but his show was oh, really, he was the guy on majority report. He was uh Michael oh, majority. Okay. Yeah. So I got you. And then he had his own show. It's really, really good. And uh, they continue to, to, uh, to do the show and it's still really good stuff.
1: Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, there's probably some Uh-oh. like backlogged episodes that are worth listening to. Uh, you know, another one that like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge cable news guy, but if I am going to, to check into that, um, I do like Chris Hayes from MSNBC. He he came up in Chicago, writing for In These Times, which is a pretty pretty far leftist, like socialist labor magazine. And uh, he has a podcast of, apart from his regular nightly show called Why Is This Happening? And I think for people yeah, that are that. like, yeah, I think for people uh, that are kind of like uh, not really okay. steeped in like uh, you know philosophy and activism and like like. Um, They don't have like a a strong uh, tie to any specific political ideology academically, but want to learn more. Why is this happening is good. And the guests are really good. And the guy's a professional journalist and interviewer. So he, he, the same dude edits his podcast and produces it as uh, Mark Maron. Okay. And he'll have people on there that range, like he's had members of DSA and uh, people that write for Jacobin prison abolitionists um it's it's kind of like a good uh you know gateway into if you if you're really like curious about um like leftist politics and movements and activism uh that's kind of a good place to start i think why is this happening is a good one
0: he's also uh had Sam cedar fill in for him a few times yeah. and and like medi Hassan from the intercept
1: yeah he He's pretty good as far as like cable news hosts go that's that's the dude that uh that i would spend my time listening to
0: yeah no that's cool i think that's uh it's really good uh there's a lot of things to check out which is really hard i've been recently listening to podcasts at like one and a half speed or two times speed to get through more um, yeah. But but now when I'm having regular conversations with people, I feel like they're talking too slow, and so it's <laughs> kind of fucking with me. Like I was in a meeting oh, with someone. It changes yesterday. your brain,
1: like it it change, It really changes how your brain processes speech.
0: So I I used to do it as well, uh, but then I felt like I was getting anxious while I was listening to it because it was so fast. Yeah. And anytime you have to listen to the Democracy Now song, like on double speed, it's fucking <laughs> we'll, we'll ruin your day. You should definitely
1: smoke <laughs> weed before you do that.
0: To, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. it's very illegal here. And so, uh, yeah, wow. illegal, very illegal and
1: expensive. Yeah. So, Yeah, well, yeah. then never mind when you come visit. If that's yeah. something you enjoy doing,
0: uh, yeah. When I'm back in America, when it's safe and after uh, the war, <laughs> after, after after the coronavirus war, after the civil war, you know, uh, I'll I'll be back, and hopefully we'll leave. Uh, weed will still be legal, you know. It won't oh, yeah. be that the fascists take over and take away our weed.
1: Now you just have to make sure you're in a big city. We'll we'll be able yeah. to fight them off.
0: Nice. Very good. <laughs> All right. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, Adam?
1: Um, I just, I appreciate what you guys are doing. and It's really great to catch up with you. Uh, like I said, um, when we were talking yesterday, I think the idea, like a, like an entry point or an access point to activism might seem a little bit daunting for people that haven't done it before, but it's really not that hard. If you, have a couple people like friends or family in your area that are also on the same page as you and you don't know what to do just figure out who around you needs help and how you can help them um directly you know you don't have to you don't have to worry about it on a large scale and then try to inform what you're doing by looking into what other mutual aid organizations are doing um there's a few of them that I tried to remember the names of before I came in uh, to this today, but I'm so scatterbrained trying to get settled into this house. I don't remember them. Um, but there's there's a few, and there's, there's some that are specifically rural. There's some that are more urban-based. Um, and then it. I think not in a way to try to like indoctrinate people, but when you're doing these things, talk to people and try to see where they're coming from and explain to them where you're coming from because I think it's important... That people understand that the ones that are going to be there for them to to help them through a tough time are the people that are seen on TV like we 're hearing about all the socialists and the anarchists and the communists that are going to burn shit down and destroy the world and it 's like no we 're the ones that are making sure people can eat and not freeze to death this winter like I think it 's important for people to understand that um, you know it's it 's not the evangelical Christians that are coming to feed you it 's not the fucking Uh, The local church and and local churches and stuff do that, whatever, but like, I don't know. To an Um, extent, right? Or to an extent, extent, but for how much resources
0: they have, it's not very sufficient to say that. Right.
1: They're just trying to win like points to get into heaven. I think most of the time, (laughs) you (laughs) know, I don't know how many of them do it because they genuinely believe that it's the right thing to do. They just think like, it says in this book that I should. And I think
0: there's, there's definitely some genuine ones. I think there was a, there are a protest in Louisville where. Our church the other night like last night maybe like housed like 300 protesters that got like kettled
2: um, yeah and,
1: and there's been churches like, in chicago yeah. doing the same thing I, I guess i'm i'm talking more about like the evangelical i'm talking more about the kind of christians that oh yeah are the evangelicals like protesting yeah. protesting outside of planned <laughs> parenthood like they think that's what's important and, christians for trump um, you know right exactly so i think uh you know there's ways um to build these communities and and have them informed by uh whether you're looking at like um like social democracy or uh whatever even if you're like an anarchist or a communist none of that stuff is like an arbitrary academic philosophy it's it should be whatever leftist political philosophy we believe in it doesn't necessarily need to be like large scale teardown and revolution, it's like how can you implement those ideals on the street level where you are um, right and that's that's and, kind of what mutual aid is about
0: and I think like on the left too, sometimes like a lot of people have like very slight differences on like their theories of change
1: yeah like
0: and then that's yeah, the like you guys have lost. the same i the same ideals, and like you're arguing over like you know semantics yeah
1: i think we can argue about that kind of stuff over the campfire at the end of the night when the work is done but we need to do yeah, the work and exactly. that's the most important part
0: yeah exactly. well 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 said i think that's a good place to end it uh thank you adam uh from blind adam in the federal league and people's pizza, pizza project we'll link party. the
1: party it's a party it's ah, people- God, <laughs> damn it. i said that i said that
0: i said that earlier i think too I pizza's... think so, I think we've, we we uh, corrected you then too. Fuck pizzas, oh, we'll people's put the link party. In the bio. I will put the link, Adam. People's
1: pizza party.
0: People's pizza party. I love At the alliteration. I can't say it very well, but <laughs> uh, we we'll, we'll, we'll put links to pretty much everything that we talked about in uh, this show description. Um, we'll also put some new music by Adam's band. Uh, that's Blind Adam in the Federal League. And you have a new record coming out in a few weeks, correct?
1: Uh, well, we're going to release a single, which is the title track of the album. And the video was done by a friend of ours named Nick Lethler. He has a comic book series called Scatterville, uh, which is on Instagram. And um, I don't know what other platforms it's on, but Instagram is the main one. Um, he did a comic book for us for our last record. <clears throat> and the video is, uh, it's very on the nose. Um, it's, uh, it shows the entire world on fire with a Trump supporter watching Fox News in his living room, not giving a fuck. Uh, and the album is called An Act of Desperation. It'll be on AF Records in sometime next year, but we're going to release a few singles along the way. We're trying to... They want us to wait to put out the record until we can actually announce some shows, and I have no idea when that's going to be, so we're trying to at least trickle a few songs out in the meantime. That's good. Um, but... Yeah, so yeah, check that out. Uh, in the next few weeks, it'll be out. All right. Before the election.
0: Perfect. <clears throat> awesome. Great. All right, guys. All right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you Adam. for
1: having me. Yeah, All, for right. Sure. All right. Thanks. Talk me. to you soon.
0: All right. Bye. See you, man. Bye. Thanks again to Adam for taking the time to talk to us about the People's Pizza Party, Mutual Aid, and his band, Blind Adam and the Federal League. Please check out all the links in the descriptions to the show, give us a five-star review, and be on the lookout for Blind Adam and the Federal League's new release, An Act of Desperation, coming out on AF Records. And here is An Act of Desperation by Blind Adam and the Federal League. (music)
2: her arm around her father washed up against the river in an act of desperation were washed away and even if they'd made it they'd be processed and separated yeah they'd lock them both in cages without food and without soap without clean at the place so far away? You go to church on Sunday and you pray? Anything somehow that makes it all okay? Having no compassion, no empathy or understanding, would you not lead devastation? Give your family a better life Is it fear or hatred That makes you cynical and jaded let you justify the anguish Let's you justify the cruelty As you stare into your TV From the comfort of your home so far away go to church on Sunday and you pray And you think somehow that makes it okay But well, I heard they found her With her arm around her father Washed up against the river In an act of desperation they were washed away